This is about humans dreaming together. About humans supporting each other on our journeys. It's about the science and the art behind making our dream lives a reality. To the students of life. The young and the curious. The dreamers and the doers. To those who crave to be a strong individual. And want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Dreamology Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Dreamology Podcast. Dreamology is the study of the art and the science behind making our dream lives a reality. And here we are focused on giving you the mindset, tools, and strategies for making daily progress towards your dreams, no matter where you are in your journey. My name is Tim Bishop, and I'm the co-founder of the Dreamers Initiative. I'm a student of life, and I'm a life conversation junkie who is on a mission to identify how to truly live the dream life and help you do the same. Our guests on this show include best-selling authors, neuroscientists, entrepreneurs, and dream chasers around the world who share their knowledge, greatest stories, and life lessons with us. Before we dig in, I want to mention this podcast is brought to us by the Dreamers Initiative, which is a personal development community community that is on a mission to help Gen Z and millennials and young individuals out in the world awaken their dream life and make them a reality. We believe that humans are stronger together and that together we can accomplish anything. So let's get started on today's episode. Hello, everybody. Today's guest is Liv Schreiber, and Liv is pretty hard to sum up in just a few words, but my best effort at it would be to say that she is 100% living a life that is authentically her. She is chasing her dreams with full force, and she is trying to build a life with zero regret. And it's been a true joy following her journey and seeing the good work that she is doing in the world. I have had the pleasure of knowing her for about five years now as we met the second day of my freshman year at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Liv is now living in New York City where she is the co-founder of a marketing agency along with her twin brother, but she does so much more than that. She has accumulated almost 20,000 followers now on Instagram where in her words, she is just trying to make people's lives and days a little bit better with her content. And so she shares tips on life, on being positive, on career, on fashion, and really everything. Along with this, she does endless amounts of mentoring and strategizing and consulting for different people who are also trying to figure out how to do this thing called life. And it's truly amazing just the positivity and the energy and the passion that she uses in her own life and that she gives to other people. And so I'm truly honored to be able to steal some of her time and have her join us on this conversation today. So without further ado, here's Liv Schreiber. Liv, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Timmy. I love you. Uh, This is exciting. We got a lot to catch up on. And so we figured that we'd start from our college days, right? I think think that seems like a fair place to begin here. (laughs) Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Okay. So um, I know that, you know, we both have an interest in talking to the younger demographic just about the dynamics of school and how you know, some people seem to really get along easily in there. Some people struggle. And I know you and I both had our fair sets of struggles. Um, do you want to just touch on a few of the things that you kind of struggled with in your schooling experience and just talk about like kind of ways you got through those things or how you overcame those obstacles? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what did I not struggle with? Is what <laughs> I was thinking. Um, you know, I guess starting off fresh off the bat freshman year, you know, the number one problem with girls is that the first day on Instagram, it's like everyone has found their friend groups and their clicks. So let's just talk about that for a second. I don't know how it is with guys, but (laughs) you like sports? Me too. Let's hang out. (laughs) It's a little different. Um, I think the number one thing I struggled with is my second week of college, my grandpa, who I was very, very, very close with, passed away. And that kind of changed everything because not only did I not have an established friend group by the second week for my Instagram, but I also, you know, had to leave and come home and deal with something that was emotionally very jarring for me. Um, so that kind of separated me from, and you know, when you're a freshman and there's a big weekend and you miss it, 
Yeah, it's like, like the end of the world. <laughs> like the end of the world, and you miss connecting with all these people. So, um, I think a struggle freshman year was I felt like I was alone in that I didn't have a set friend group. I had joined a sorority, and I did not feel well received or um, like I could really depend on my sisters. And I think that was also an anomaly because mm. so many girls join sororities and expect to have like this kumbaya circle. Yeah. <laughs> and you get there and you realize that it's the exact same thing as high school. Um, in a sense where, you know, you can't trust everybody and that's a really sad realization to come to. But, um, it was something that I had to learn. And mm. something interesting too is like, I had to realize that not having a set friend group, which is what I talked to so many girls about, is like totally okay. Yeah. And totally cool. And you're normal if you don't find <laughs> your best friends in two months. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So I think, um, I don't know if that was a rant, but something I learned no. that hopefully I could teach someone else is that, it's cool to not just stick to one group. And if you're a part of a sorority, what I learned freshman year is go out and collect friends like you collect special quarters and find yeah. that. And that's how I found you. Yeah. Right? You don't put all your pennies in one basket. Same thing in stocks and investing is in friendships, right? Like you got to go out there and everywhere you look in workout classes or clubs or classes, like, you can find a special quarter mm -hmm. of a person and look, here we are five years later. Here we are. Look at what that turns into. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that too, because I feel like it's not that different than post-graduation, right? What, what we just mm -hmm. went through, which is like you graduate and it's almost like I caught myself doing that exact same thing where your expectations are so high. You expect to graduate, move back to the city and then like replace like just find a new friend group like instantly and have it just be like perfect. And it's like, right. and you're like, well, that's not exactly how it always works. Right. And I think those high expectations is kind of maybe what leads to a lot of that like uncertainty because you're like, Oh, mm -hmm. I should have this, but I don't. So now I'm like incomplete. There's a big gap here. And, and I, so I think it almost relates to both like going into college, but also then the after yes. the afterlife <laughs> the afterlife that's so <laughs> scary and that no one talks about which we definitely can talk about but i think having those like special people also gives you so much more to look forward to because you're your own friend group i always tell people that like <laughs> i am <laughs> my own best friend and if i'm able to go out with my girlfriend who's into harry potter or whatever it's really nerdy and i can also go out with my girlfriend who's really cool and has a million followers on Instagram, like that makes me a very well-rounded yeah. person. And I think it's important to be able to be a chameleon and to be able to connect with everyone and not just one type of human. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that in the college sense. Cause I know that we both like you were in a sorority, I was in a fraternity, but we also both had a lot of friends in other groups, whereas some people, and I'm not saying one way is necessarily right or wrong, but let's just talk about our experiences. Like some people obviously yeah. just kind of stuck to that friend group and some people had a variety. And I, I think that one of the big things for me, and I'm curious for you is like, I've never viewed like a label. Like for me, it was like going to talk to some other guy in a different fraternity didn't matter or going to talk to this girl in this sorority didn't matter. Or like, you know, those ideas of having to talk to people because of like, we're of the same caliber, the same, whatever, like, for me, that was never an issue. And I just always wanted to meet people. And I'm curious, like, was that the same sort of mindset you had? Or, or what was your, what was your like reason for also just kind of feeling like you, you wanted to go meet all these different people? It's interesting. I, um, that's a really good question. And also I think, by the way, I just love you because most of the time, most of the podcasts I've done have been with girls. So I think this is so interesting because I get like the guy perspective. The guy perspective, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, as a girl, I definitely saw the titles. And if I was talking to a cool frat or a weird frat, I definitely was very aware of um, all of the stereotypes that were placed on us. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I didn't let that hold me back because I realized that it's really important to listen to your gut 
over titles when it comes to people. So it goes, it's the same thing in post-grad life. Like you could be around like the cool investment bankers and they could all be terrible humans and you may want to really like them because investment banking is just cool, but there could be a great guy who is in marine biology, which may not be branded and my hands are going in quotes, cool. (laughs) Because it is cool. (laughs) Right. But he could be, you know, absolutely spectacular. So I think that it's always been about listening to your gut and thinking, okay, this is maybe we're not going for what's popular, but we're going for lifelong, I call them lifer friends. Hell yeah. Um, And we were talking before this, but I had this, I've had this weird thing where I can, it's almost like I encourage people to act as a talent agent in a sense where you can <laughs> I love spot. your comparisons of, of business and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm so weird. You can spot the potential in a person. Like mm-hmm. I knew Timmy Bishop, I knew you would be something special. And I, and you may have just been a frat guy in Sigep, but, and G5 and Sigep may not have been like the perfect, you know, you know, popular match over there. But I knew that it didn't matter about our titles because I spotted something in you as a quote unquote talent agent. And I knew that I had to, in my gut, that I had to listen to your potential. And I wanted you to be a part of my life because I wanted to like, I, I just, you know, you know, you can identify the flame in some people and some people just have it and you just had it. And um, so I think that's kind of the motive for creating friendships outside of your ideal circle is you want to find people who will brighten life and I don't know if that's too much business in terms of friendship, but that's how I think of it. Is that weird? Is that messed up? No, I mean, it's actually at first I was like, where's she going with the talent acquisition? But then I, (laughs) you get it. Like, it's almost like if you see someone that you might be interested in, and this could go for like, if you see a guy or a girl, it's like, follow that, like follow that instinct, like follow follow that. uh, Cause I've had the same thing now in Minneapolis too, where it's like, I'm here and I've been doing my thing, and slowly you meet these different people, or necessarily in your friend group, but it's like, wow, like, I want to be friends with this person, because, like, they're really cool, and they do cool things, and, like, and so, okay, going back to your lifer term, I want, I'm, I'm curious now, because this is something I'm super interested in, I think it has a lot of value, and I want to, we'll talk about, like, your family and stuff later on, too, here, but the idea of, like, what, what do you think makes someone a lifer, like, how do you find somebody that you're, like, Yep. Like with the sorority, you said you can't trust right. always. And I think like there's, when you have that many people in a group, obviously there's just difference in values. You can't mm-hmm. have all the same values, but when you meet someone and you say they're going to be a friend for life, how do you get to that conclusion? Like what are, do you have like some test points or is it just a few <laughs> how you get to that conclusion? Cause that's something that is so important. Like those friends in my life that I'm like, yep, no matter what, like they got my back. Like that gives my life like pretty much all the meaning that it, right. that it needs. I mean, I also, I was just thinking, I hope that no one thinks I'm like psychotic and um, manipulative in the way I'm describing friendship (laughs) because it really isn't a true, raw, genuine um, thing that you can't force and you can't always talent spot. So I just, just (laughs) saying that, Um, but I think that it's hard to verbalize, but what I see in a lifer is what I want in a friend and what I want in a friend is their own independence. I really value friends who know more than me. And I mm. always am striving to surround myself with people who are better than me in terms of better, meaning like they have their own goals and they have their own things that they want for themselves and I know Mm. that I can't I can't take anything from them 
and they can't take anything from me. It's not like a mm. give and take thing. It's more so we just enjoy talking about life and deep conversations and, and motivation. And I think it's just being aligned in values. And um, it's knowing that if I leave their life, they'll be fine. And if they leave my life, I'll be fine. But we know that together we make each other's lives 10 times brighter. Mm. And it's just that sort of alliance that, you know, you're on the same page. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. I, I totally, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like, you don't want to fill anybody's cup necessarily. And you don't want somebody filling your cup, but you acknowledge that still together there's magic and mm-hmm. you'd be good on your own that yeah i can kind of like thinking about my head now my own relationships and it's like yeah i mean you would survive without them right you would your life would move on right and you'd meet new people but there's also this feeling of like well i don't want to let you go because we have some we, you know there's there is that magic when it's together humans are you know right. i think are better together so you know that makes a ton of sense and the same thing goes for relationships when i've always you know dated a guy that and by the way Timmy and I have never been in a relationship or anything we've just been friends struck out no (laughs) (laughs) Timmy actually took me just segue you took me Mm -hmm. to your date party freshman year we were Troy and Gabriella oh we were unreal we lasted what did I last like 45 minutes yeah, I thought Timmy hated me because he like all of a sudden wasn't talking. We dressed up from as the people from High School Musical, and I was in like this cute red little tutu. I was so excited to be around Timmy and. I gotta pull yeah. up that photo and bring it in here. <laughs> yes, and then Timmy like got, was like, "Liv, I don't feel so good. I need to go home." And I was like, "Oh, did I do something wrong? You had a fever." It was like a hundred and two hundred. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, you were not, you were not good. But anyways, um, I don't know. I think it's just, we could have, we could have been a couple. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> what could have been, <laughs> what could have been, but I think that especially in relationships, you always want to feel like, guess what? I'm happy on my own. And you just want to be with someone who is happy on their own. But when you come together, it's even brighter so that you're not relying on someone else for your own happiness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how did you like i think that obviously everyone wants to feel whole on their own that's probably a goal of the majority of human beings yeah um you know let's segue into kind of like your day-to-day life here like what do you what do you do on a day-to-day basis that kind of gives you this feeling of self-love and wholeness and like it seems like you feed yourself a lot, you know, you, in, in a literal term, not like food, you, you know, you, <laughs> you, you, you give yourself a lot of life so you could give it to others. And so what do some of those things look like that you're doing to kind of just keep this, you know, this mentality of like, I'm whole on my own. I love myself um, sort of alive. It's a good question. And I want to hear your answer too. Um, I think that it all stems from, knowing that you don't know a lot and hmm. the knowledge that like there's we're 23 you're are you're 23 yes i am the, the number <laughs> 23 <laughs> the knowledge that there's just so much to learn and that we are beginners in life throughout life hmm. is what um holds me down i think that I just try to look at every day as a new page. And I know that sometimes it's hard and some days slip away and you're in the same routine, but um, I've talked about this a bit, but when I was nine years old, I really looked up to someone, her name was Brielle Namer. And when I was 11, she suddenly passed away. Um, She was 17. And so it changed my entire trajectory Mm. of life. I, this girl probably didn't even know who I was, but I worshiped her. She was my role model and I have a twin brother. So like I never had a cool sister to (laughs) look up to. And I think my whole childhood, I was aside from my mom, I really wanted someone to just look up to. And as a girl, I think that's something that a lot of girls just want. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a point to this story. So um, the point is that I think, coming to terms with 
and I don't mean to get deep, but I do, mortality is a real thing. And I think mm. that knowing at such a young age that being 18 years old is not promised. When I turned 17 and then when I turned 18, I was hysterical because I was finally older than she ever was and she mm. ever could be. And I think that um, understanding that we are not here forever and that we have to make the most of our time is really vital. And I think it makes the little things and the drama and the gossip seem really small because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. we don't know how many days we have left. And I just want to connect with as many people as I can. And I want to fill my life bucket with fun experiences and, and amazing people because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. And it's not about any of the flashy things or the gossip or how many followers you have on Instagram. It's about like being real to you. So. Yeah. Being a human. Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's funny you mentioned the mortality because have you ever heard of this like seven levels deep exercise? No. You should totally do it with like any of your clients. It's super good. I did it the other week and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so basically you start with the top and it just says like, I think the first thing is like my definition of success is, and then there's a blank. Okay. And then you just take your answer and you say, it's important for me to have blank because, and then you answer it again and you almost are just taking your answer and going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until you get to like this until you can tell where you shift from like your head to like a feeling and you're like wow. that's why i do what i do and i was honestly i have actually i have it right here i should pull it up i was i was shocked because my final answer was not really what i thought it was going to be but i was like basically i said i don't know where it is but basically i said something like you know we just don't know when it's going to be over and so we have to live each day to the best of our ability, like given the certain circumstances of that day. Oh, here it is. Yeah. So basically like my fifth level or my sixth level was like, life is too beautiful to waste and not realize the beautiful things all around us. And then my final one was, we don't know when it's all going to be over. And therefore the only thing we can do is live each day to the absolute best of our ability, given the circumstances of the day. Wow. And so like for me, I think it's, it's been optimism. Like that's the word that a lot of people put like labeled me as, as I've been asking kind of some people about this stuff. And it's like, just the ability to say, Hey, like if something goes wrong in a day, like all you can do is respond like the way, and it's, and like you said, the little stuff has never mattered to me because it just seems so pointless. And even on the bigger scale, like my risk tolerance is pretty high, but I've just had such a low tolerance for doing shit that I don't want to do. Right. And so that's kind of been, I think, a big part of my life. And I even think back to like college. I remember one day I lost, I remember Bascom, Bascom Hill, Bascom Hall, whatever. Yeah. Big, the big um, conference room or the big classroom in there. Yes. And I left like my $200 headphones or something in there. And I went back like 10 minutes later and they were gone. All my friends were like, dude, that sucks. And I was like, eh, do you guys want to go to gardens? <laughs> I just walked out. And I remember they were like, aren't you mad? I was like, well, like they're gone. Like, what am I going to Right. And so I feel like for me, that's, I didn't even realize that was kind of my big thing, but now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, it actually is. It's just, it's just like if I, and obviously you screw up, right? The second part of that is like grace. Like I think, I've been talking to people about like, what does self love mean? And I think like the discipline part is one of it, like doing the things that are good for you mm -hmm. is like giving yourself grace. And like, that's what I need to work on, which is like giving yourself permission to be like very imperfect because we all are. And so right. when you don't do a perfect day or when you screw up for a couple weeks or whatever, it's like, yo, it's all good. Like snap back into that same mindset and then keep going. So that's, that's the thing that I'm still working on is like not being so hard on myself. I love that. And also just knowing that the little things, like you said, like those headphones don't, when you realize that you shouldn't let your whole day be affected by something so small, it's such a weight off your shoulders too. Um, but wait, one more thing I just want to go back to for anyone who wants to do that seven step exercise, where can they find it? 
Um, what can we do to make sure that the people listening have that? I have, yeah, I have it. So we'll put it in the show notes. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about the craziness of right now. Let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so before we got on, we were talking about just, you know, the fact that obviously there's this, this virus going on right now in the world and that, you know, some people are going through real things, right? Some people have sick family members and, and, and sick friends or they're sick themselves. And that's, that's very difficult. And then there's the rest of the world who is kind of simply just waiting. They're waiting for something. And um, so I want to get an insight into your brain on just, you know, we're gifted all this time and yet people are kind of in this feeling of very uncertain and anxious. And so like, what have you been doing during this time? And I assume people have been kind of reaching out to you, kind of being like, Liv, like, what should I do next? And like, have you been, you know, giving advice to people? I feel like people could kind of use some of your words of wisdom here in this, uh, in this crazy time. <laughs> people could use your words of wisdom also. So I'm happy to be here with you. Um, I think that the number one thing is I've been coaching a lot of people. Um, I've been very busy. I also started a digital media agency, so I take care of all of my um, my clients. My startup, they have startup brands and personal brands, and I ensure that their digital presence is rolling smoothly. So, um, if anything, I can say two things that I've been talking a lot about. Number one is anxiety. Everyone has it, including me, and the only way to combat it, and I'm not a licensed medical professional or anything, but the number one thing I always think about and and do for myself is when you have anxiety, you turn it into action, A to A. And, you know, that Mm. simple anxiety arrow action, that simple little message has changed my life because whenever you're worrying, it's not going to do anything beneficial for you. It just, it is not an action. It's just a thought. It's a, it's a rude bully in your head saying, worry about this, stress about this. I'm going to give you pimples over this. We want to kick that girl out. She does not belong in our heads. She is not welcome. And so I always say, um, in in regard to toxic people, cut off your dead ends. And by dead ends, I I don't just mean your hair. (laughs) I mean people. So in terms of that girl named Worry, cut her off. Um, And, you know, when you're anxious about your future, you have two options. You can either worry or you can do something about it. Mm. And just the mere action of cleaning up or going on a run or doing something small to contribute to your future will ease your anxiety. Yeah. Um, and that's a solution that doesn't need medicine. Yeah. I love that. A, a to A. I'm going to write that a one down. And then the second, yeah. Um, and the second thing mm. is, what is it? Anxiety action. What was the second thing? <laughs> um, oh, I remember. The second thing is now is the best time. Now is an opportunity. Like this is insane. Everyone is on their phone. So if you've ever wanted to start something digitally, whether it be a website, a blog, an Instagram, a podcast, a live, people are tuning. It is the, (laughs) the golden age. It is the golden age. I'm telling you, we're going to look back at this time and be like, wow, this is when my numbers soared from X to Y. Like, Oh, so if I could just tell everyone to start and just start posting and throw themselves in front of the camera and just be vulnerable, um, that right now, that's something huge. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, totally. I mean, everyone's looking for virtual something, right? I mean, we all, we want to stay connected and people are, I mean, I've been tuning into live streams and, and workouts and I mean, you name it, meditation group. Like, it just feels cool to like be doing things together. And actually I'm like, yo, this should like continue. Like we should keep like even post craziness. Like this is cool to see, like, yeah, there's a lot of people who are like worrying and stuff on social media, but there's also the like, 
people who are like really just spreading love. And I'm like, this is dope. Like people should do this more often. Like I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I like it too. <laughs> and so that's been cool. But yeah, I like how you mentioned, like going back to the anxiety to action thing, like, you know, I think there's like those voices in our head, right? Like the one that's like out to get us and the one that's like your super fan. And yeah. it's like, I just read it another like a thing the other day too that was like, which one are you going to feed? Like which voice are you going to keep feeding and giving more hunger to? And the more you sit there, like for me too, like when I feel anxious and I'm like thinking of something and you can find yourself sitting there thinking about it for like 30 minutes and you're just like, dude, like snap out of it, like go. Mm-hmm. And like, so for me, when I feel anxious, like it's either like the same thing. It's like, go do something or instead of, instead of feeling that anxiety and like, being yourself up about it like I'll try to like meditate and like try to understand it those are usually like my two like courses uh-huh. like it's like I'm feeling anxious but sometimes you don't know why and so it's just kind yeah. of like sitting there and and so it's 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 different than like like ruminating in it and it's just more like acknowledging it and saying okay here this thing exists like I'm gonna just, yes I'm gonna let it be and it's not gonna like it's not gonna like ruin me it's just they always say like your anxiety is, is like viewed as a as a person or at your negative emotions like here's this thing you're just talking to it (laughs) oh I like that and you acknowledge it and you realize that emotions are temporary right and Mm -hmm. if we don't if we feel bad or negative that's a good thing like if I felt happy all this time I'd be psycho yeah yeah right it's it's action somebody's like said it's action signals right it's like your emotions are telling you they're trying to tell you something right <clears throat> and then your oh, job is to that. decipher like is what is telling me true because our brains are really old and they're thinking old historic ways and so I learned this from the Dalai Lama actually who's like I think just like the coolest person ever but he does like this analytical meditation where he'll sit he'll acknowledge what his feeling is and then he'll decide like is this true or not and so it could be something as simple as like, oh, I have to do this or like my world's going to end. And you sit down and you think about it and you feel the emotion. You're like, no, that's actually not true. And then, so he does that for like eight hours a day, which we're not going to do, but still it's like, that's really cool exercise. I think to be able to just separate yourself from. from no one can see me right now, but my jaw is literally dropped. Like to me, <laughs> like my, my I'm obsessed with that. And who would have thought cool. that to, Badgers, kids <laughs> from Wisconsin would be talking about Dalai Lama and hey. analytical meditation. I I love it. Here we are. Here we are. And <laughs> from game day to I know, right? Yeah. Not gonna lie, we miss game day a bit, but it's okay. Hundred percent. Okay. We have we have. So let's talk about let's talk about um let's talk about the future. In a fun Kimmy, way. I just love you. Can I just say, <laughs> I just love you. Okay. Let's talk about the future because I, I one of the things, because like when, again, when I, when I was graduating and for people listening too, it's like, I noticed a lot of people again, were just more sulking it and be like, Oh, we're leaving school. And like, yes, like I'm human. And yes, I was sad about it. And yes, it was like me and Nick, my best friend uh, from school, we played sad music for like an hour, had candles lit, and we just sulked in it, right? Like I wasn't not sad, but at the same time, I was thinking, like, what are people actually going to miss? Like, what is it that are people going to miss? And I think one of the variables is that when you go through life on a traditional route, your future is always kind of compelling in the sense that it's set for you. Like if you were someone who enjoyed going through the the schooling process, like, Oh, next is high school and I get to play high school sports. And then next is college. And I get to go live on my own for the first time. And then it's like, next is, and everyone's like, Oh shit, what's next. And so I, again, going back to like how you attack your life, like I feel like you're always viewing that there's something kind of better in the future. And I want to just get a lens into how you, how do you go about creating like a future that you believe in and not look back and say, Oh, I peaked in the past or, Oh, that when I was 17, like that was the best year of my life. And you know, how do you keep that lens looking forward in a light that says like, there's greater things to come. You're so awesome. I think that um, it's really interesting because we had very different ends to our college experience. Mm -hmm. Timmy, finished you graduated you went to graduation you had that cap on your head and you left and it was like 
a good goodbye and you had closure. For me, mm. I went abroad to Australia my junior year and decided that nothing could compare to Bondi Beach and that I didn't want to go back to Madison, Wisconsin. And I just didn't return. Mm. <laughs> I thought about it. I was in I was in Thailand. I thought about the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I graduated early, so I am a nerd, and I prepared myself for that. Sophomore year, I called my mom, and I said, listen, I don't think I can be here for four years. And I was social chair of GFI. I had things going for me. I, I loved school. I had a boyfriend, all that good stuff. And I loved school, had great best friends, but who I found sophomore year, by the way. But um mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I realized that for me, I was so comfortable. And when you're too comfortable, it's time to go. And that's something that I've always mm. lived by. Um, so I graduated a year early and just decided to start working in something I was curious about. So your question was, how do you know what to do next and where to go and keep pursuing and my answer is look at your birthday as New Year's and know that every single month is so important in the grand scheme of things because every year you live should be better than the last. So make sure that in your mind when you wake up every day, at least this is what I try to do, and some days I fail, but I know that I just want to make every single year really count. And how can I do that? Who can I add to my life that mm -hmm. will bring so much joy year after year and who I can bring joy to as well? And what can I do? What habits can I learn or pull myself out of? And what toxicity can I remove? And life is short. and I think that if you look at your birthday as that point, because New Year's is great, but we don't really personally identify with January 1st. Right. We don't have an emotional pull to it. So, I mean, there are two options. I know my mentor, Jesse Itzler, he goes um, tri-monthly, which means he sets a New Year's resolution every three months. And mm -hmm. he pretends that those three months are his year. So he gets four times more New Year's resolutions in than the average person who doesn't even complete their New Year's resolution. I like that. I like that a lot. But if that's too intense for you <laughs> and maybe you want to focus on something bigger, I think that working just towards your birthday and having that to look forward to is something that can push you. Mm. Yeah. I do like the 90 days thing. Like I, I think I heard about that from Rachel Hollis this last year, like the last 90 days she had this big thing was like, like get ready for the new year. Like don't wait until that January 1st to start your, but I, I think 12 months is like too long of a time frame. Like so much shit can happen in 12 months. And so like mm -hmm. I do the 90 day thing too, because it's almost like for me impossible to like look 12 months ahead and be like, Oh yeah, this is what my life's going to be like in 12 right well it's it's i think it's almost i like just put my leg up on my counter i'm really into this conversation <laughs> i think that also something i maybe i need to explain it more clearly because what i do is a post-it note calendar it's a visual calendar i don't know if you've seen me do i this. think i've seen it yeah it's on my igtv if anyone wants to check it out but after this but basically you put up your month in post-it notes. So let's say it's February. We have 28 post-it notes. This year did February 29 days? Yeah, it did. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> so 20, let's say 29 days, right? And you write down at the beginning of the month every single thing. You schedule it in. So it could be your workout. It could be a social gathering. You schedule everyone in and prioritize the people that you want to meet so that the beginning of February 1st, you say, mm -hmm. Hey, Timmy, we're getting together. There's no option. My whole calendar is free for you. You give me a day and it's our day. Nice. And at the end of the month, what I do is I journal 
I see how many days I've left so that every day I'm very aware of how many days I've left of a certain month. And then at the end, I journal what I accomplished in that month. So you're really holding yourself. It's almost like 30 day New Year's resolutions, but. Right. So if that can help explain my whole, um, see your birthday is new year's kind of thing hopefully that yeah does. yeah i like the i mean the visual the visualization of it seems very powerful um mm-hmm. and the fact that again like my biggest pet peeve on planet earth is when people bail or like say they're gonna do something and they don't <laughs> yes or you're i feel like you can relate to this like my life's been like the person who's like guys we should all do this something new and then everyone's like nah and you're like dang it <laughs> so the idea of actually like scheduling it in like i think that's so powerful like my friends and i too we try to have wednesday nights be like yeah wednesday nights are are don't book anything on wednesday night if you have to like fine but we know that you don't have like a you know a bs excuse for missing like a wednesday night dinner or whatever right and so i think I there's that. power in that there's power in scheduling it out and i think that's cool that you do that Right. But also something you can do is let's say you meet someone who you really like. I, my friend Christina taught me this and I, I've talked a lot about it since because I just am blown away by her because we sat down to meet for coffee. A mutual friend set us up and at the end of our meeting, I was like, all right, I'm going to go. She's like, okay, I'm going to go. By the way, let's catch up again. I was like, yeah, totally. And I go to head out the door. She goes, wait, she goes, come here. I'm like, oh God. She, this is a girl I had just met. Okay. She right. goes, give me your phone. I'm like, Oh, okay. She's like, pull out your calendar. So I, I pull it out. She's like scoping out my calendar. She sees that I don't have anything for like in two weeks. And she goes, Oh, how's Saturday work for you at 12 o'clock? And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, we're, we're scheduling in the next time we see each other. And being held on the spot, to schedule in another person is so powerful and so i i will never forget it for the rest of my life because if you want to get together with someone don't just say it do it at the end of hanging out say all right when works for you let's pull out our calendars let's make a new date are you kidding like that (laughs) that's wild Mm. and that's incredible so that's something that i've been trying to do not um not in a in a vicious way but in a yeah you know we want to make yeah. it happen let's make it happen no excuses no saying yeah let's get together quote unquote mm-hmm. you know actually do it that's a classic midwest like minnesota thing like yeah we'll see each other's and you just say it out of habit and then you're like why did i say that like did i mean it did i did i really mean it and so i love like yeah grabbing someone i'd be like no like when I say catch up soon, I mean in three weeks at 7 p.m. on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You will see. It really will change your life because then you have, like, let's say we were so looking forward to catching up together today. And at mm-hmm. the end of this, I say, all right, Timmy, on Tuesday, we're going to catch up again three o'clock. All right. See there. That's something to look forward to automatically. Yeah. It just keeps the wheels spinning. Yeah. You know what's funny is I always think about the pre-phone days when people said like yeah i'll meet you there at six like you had to be there at six or there was like no other option but i think (laughs) our ability to change plans so easily and seamlessly that has created this maybe a little bit of culture of like oh it's okay if i switch because i can let them know Uh but really it's like no like let's still do this like let's (laughs) let's still make this happen yes (laughs) oh i love it all right left final five here we go Okay. Question one, what is your biggest fear right now? Regret, 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 regret. Beautiful. I feel like it doesn't even need any explanation further than just that. You don't want to regret things. I am terrified of being in a nursing home, hopefully, but being in a nursing, actually, I don't even want to be in a nursing home. I want to be like that grandma on a cruise. (laughs) I like just ride on cruises or like be in like, I just don't see myself all cooped up all day. But, um, Sorry. I uh, my biggest fear is regret sitting somewhere being old, wishing I had done something. So mm. I live by that every day. Mm. You want to talk to someone, talk, you want to do something, do it. Just go for it. Just do it. Just do it. As the great Nike says. All right, question two. One thing that you are still working on personally. Everything. <laughs> um, I'm not 
at all perfect in any way, size, shape, or form. And I think um, something I'm working on, well, I started a digital media agency. My brother just quit his job to become my co-founder. So personally, I know business isn't personal, but um, I guess sometimes it is. So that's something I am working on personally. <laughs> and then also, I really want to get my splits down. Hey, nice. Okay. Do you do, hey, do you yoga or no? Are you a yogi or are you, uh, you're just a, uh, everything? I, everything? I wish, I wish. I do hot yoga at, at Y7 if I have to do yoga because they play like cool hip hop music <laughs> and it's like there are no mirrors so you can't check yourself out or anyone else in the class. That's good. And, That's good. But I, um, no, I usually just run or do like a crazy high energy workout. Okay, cool. All right. Question three. Uh, a habit or a tool that's really helped you in the last like six months? Oh, Calendly. Calendly? I don't know if this is the answer you <laughs> wanted me to give, but um, because I do personal coaching calls and life coaching with different people, you know, you have to shortline your time and you have to prioritize what you spend your precious minutes on. So I think that Calendly, and this is not sponsored, but I have this <laughs> link. And if someone wants to schedule a coaching call with me, instead of going back and forth on what time works for you, what time works for you, I send them my Calendly, which is synced to my Google Calendar, and they book a time, which I know is open on my calendar that works mm -hmm. for them. And mm -hmm. it's just so easy. And then they're automatically in, and it just is so nice. Yeah, it makes scheduling things with people with people easier. Yeah, I wish I could do that with my friends. Right? <laughs> hey, yeah. That would feel a little bit inauthentic, probably. Look at time on my calendar. <laughs> yeah. Like, who does this girl think she is? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, I'm going to do that just to one of my friends and see what they say. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, yeah, mom, you want me to do the dishes? Okay, book a time on my calendar. <laughs> She'd kick me out of the house. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, question four. Uh, person or people who have always been there for you? And um, yeah, that's it. Um. I, another thing I live by is everyone outside of my family is a bonus. Let that sink in. Everyone outside of my family is a bonus, meaning I don't place a lot of weight on anyone. I don't have any expectations. I strictly um, get my my love and support from my family. And I think it's a, it was a decision that was really hard for me to, to make and realize. But once I realized that like, all you really need are your, your core people who you know are stuck with you for life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and everyone outside is a bonus. Um, it's just, I'm very close with my grandparents. They're walking history books and they've taught me so much. And same with my parents and my twin brother. Um, and also the last thing I know, this is quick, but, um, I realized that you can have friends in your life who are strong in certain areas and weak in certain areas. And it's okay to not have, you know, a hundred best friends, but if you have 10 friends and each one, one is good at dealing with, you know, work issues. One is great with boys. One is great at this and that it's like, you can have special people in your life who listen, none of us are perfect. So I think that it's about collecting amazing people in your life. Mm. And, um, not everyone has to be a hundred percent perfect. It's about going to some person for one thing and another person for another and realizing that they just add so much love. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. I mean, that for you, your family is that rock. And I think it's important to, whether it's your family or someone else to have at least you know, people you feel like, like they got you. So that's yeah. cool. That's very cool. Okay. Closing question. All right. You get to choose, you get to choose a quote, a, a closing quote that, that, uh, that has meant a lot to you or a, or a lesson learned closing, closing quote or main lesson learned that you want to share, share oh. with the audience as we, as we part ways, sadly. I think that a quote, that has meant a lot to me is by Marianne Williamson. And I always um, write quotes on post-it notes and stick them all over 
And this one's on the back of my door in New York City. And I'm going to butcher it, but it goes something along the lines of, you know, everyone always says one day I'll do this and one day I'll do that. And the real clincher is that this is your life and the path that you're talking about, you're already on it. And so you might as well go do it. And mm. I think that if we just realize that we are living, we are on our tracks and mm -hmm. we are in progress already and that there's no time to waste and we don't have to wait. Like we're already, we're already living. We're already <laughs> doing this thing so like if there's something you want to do go do it because you're on your path already mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i learned a lot from live in this conversation but the three main that i want to recap are one find your lifers as she calls them find the people who are going to be your ride or dies and who are going to be there for you because those people are the ones that really matter Two, turn anxiety into action in your life. Whether it's something big or something small, movement always helps. Get out there, start trying things, start moving, and this is how you will start to see a lot of progress in your life. And the third thing, and this is kind of a general theme of everything that Liv talks about, is that the time is now. Time is precious, time is short, time is beautiful, time is everything. And there's no time like today to start making the move towards making your dream lives a reality. And so my call to action for listeners today is do that seven-step exercise that we talked about. I have it linked in the show notes, but basically what this exercise is going to do is going to help get to the core of why you want to live. Why do you want to be successful? And it's going to help expose that for you so you know going into every single day what is your true driving force in your day-to-day -day experience. So everyone, thank you for tuning in once again. If you liked the show, let me know. Let me know what parts you like and I will keep trying to put out amazing content for you and bring on amazing guests. So let's go make those dream lives a reality and I'll see you next time. 